Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And it's okay to be angry. But, you know, as we read this, just uh, in, in a current event like that, you know, we need to pray. Our, our battle is not physical. Everything that we see that is physical is a result of something spiritual that is going on. Do you understand that? The wars that you see, the things that are going on in the world are a result of something spiritual that's happening that's causing those things to happen. Why does a man or a woman do the things they do? Why are some of the evil and despicable deeds being done? Well, it's because there's something else that's motivating them. find yourself getting angry with authority? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob begins in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, and will go over with us submission to the authorities. When we see so much corruption in the world today, it can be discouraging and even anger us. It is not a sin to be angry, but as Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Because we are naturally rebellious, we should be all the more cautious in the way we deal with our anger. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's teaching. Peter says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Father, we do thank you for this morning, and we thank you, Jesus, for your presence with us. We thank and, and, and thank you and just give you praise, Lord, for your kindness toward us, Lord. Would you inhabit, Lord, our time together, Lord? We know that you will, and have your way in us, Lord. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as a result of this, 11, verse 11 and 12, as a result of this abstaining from fleshly lust that war against the soul and having a conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that they may see your good works and glorify God in the day of visitation. As a result of this, he goes on and he, Peter says, Therefore, as a result of those things, therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king." 
You know, this is an interesting uh, section of Scripture, and especially in light of current events. You remember our, our governor of New York recently, excuse me, I'm learning how to speak the English language. <laughs> the governor of this state legislated something that is heinous recently. The Reproductive Health Care Act. And you know what? It's okay for us to be angry about that. As a Christian, I am. I'll be honest with you. And I don't think God is very pleased with it either. However, we can be angry and sin not. We can be angry. The Bible says that in Ephesians 4, 26, it says, Be angry and sin not. Being angry over something is not a sin. It's what we do with that anger that where sin comes in. And it's okay to be angry. But, you know, as we read this, just uh, in, in a current event like that, you know, we need to pray. Our, our battle is not physical. Everything that we see that is physical is a result of something spiritual that is going on. Do you understand that? The wars that you see, the things that are going on in the world are a result of something spiritual that's happening that's causing those things to happen. Why does a man or a woman do the things they do? Why are some of the evil and despicable deeds being done? Well, it's because there's something else that's motivating them. There's something that is operating in opposition to them, causing them to do certain things. And they, the ramifications of that are very physical. They're very present. They're very obvious to us all. We read about it in the newspapers every day. So, it's okay to be angry, but we need to sin not. But to submit to local authorities, to submit to governments. You know, rebellion is at the heart of man. And from the very beginning, man has rebelled against authority. And the devil lies to us, and he says that we are, if we are to enjoy real freedom, we need to be our own boss and do what we think or feel is right. We need to be careful about what we think. Our thoughts, more often than not, are just a reflection of the sin nature that we were born with and what it is that we have been or are taking in through our eyes and ears. And we need to be careful about our feelings. Feelings are based on experiences and, that, uh, and what we have taken in through our eyes and our ears. And feelings, as strong as they are, can often deceive us. We know this. Often they can deceive us and get us into great trouble. And often the thing that we would feel is exactly opposite of what we should do. Have you ever had a great feeling and it was so intense and it felt like the right thing to do, but it's exactly the thing that you shouldn't do? Man, especially in his unregenerate state, he will kick against any restraint or governor in his or her life. And the problem is we want to be the head we want to be the head and not the tail. We don't want anyone to rule over us and telling us what to do. And isn't that what the Jews said about Jesus when he stood before Pontius Pilate? We will not have this man rule over us. Now, as Christians, we delight in having our king rule over us. To me, that's one of the great things about being born again. When we are finally born again, and the, and the, the, the rebellion, in a sense, of our, the great rebellion is over. I mean, we have instances of rebellion, but we're no longer in, in, in enmity with God. We've given our heart to Jesus. And it's important to do that, to let the, the enmity between him and I, him and us, to be over. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, let me read this to you because it sounds like our newspapers and what's going on. It says, This know also, Paul would tell Timothy, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Notice, disobedient to parents. And that disobedience is not just to parents. It's disobedience to any authority. Any and all authority is suspect. False accusers. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fears, despisers of those who are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Paul would encourage him, from such, turn away. Turn away from anyone who is that way. And you see in our pride, We want to be calling the shots instead of submitting to anyone in authority over us. And we've grown to see authority as suspect. As suspect. We look at it and we suspect that it is something different. In our culture, it's teaching us to hold authority and contempt because we have seen bad examples paraded before us in the media. We view every authority with a jaundiced eye. But even Jesus, God come in human flesh, submitted to the will of his Father. In Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, it says this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, Taking the form of a bondservant, notice that. A bondservant is a slave, someone who has given up all rights to themselves for the will of someone else. Jesus is, he took the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross, which, by the way, is one of the most cruel ways to die. The Romans mastered the art of torture, in crucifixion. They could, they could gauge and keep somebody on the cross for days if they so chose. They could make it quick if they chose by breaking the legs, or they could make you suffer longer depending on your uh, whatever crime you had committed. They could keep you on the cross for days, for days, to where you're just begging for death. But notice the results of Christ's obedience. Verse 9. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So even Jesus Christ submitted himself to his Father. He's equal with God, but he submitted himself to his Father. And as we look at that model, as that example, here Peter is encouraging those Christians in the first century. As the very first chapter tells us, they were Christians after the day of Pentecost that were dispersed all throughout the Roman Empire. They were on the run. And some of them would become slaves. Some would be slaves. Some would be servants to horrible taskmasters. Some would be servants to men that would be that would treat them well. Let's go back to verse 13. 
He says, therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Every ordinance, speed limits, taxes, laws of the land. We are to submit ourselves to those things for the Lord's sake. Notice, we do it for the Lord. We do it to honor him. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean that somehow we are above the law. We have to obey the law. God made the law. He put the law into place. We're going to look at that a little bit later. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme. And as he was speaking and writing this, Peter was thinking of Caesar Nero. Caesar Nero was in power at this time. One of the most ruthless dictators known to man. Horrible, despicable man. He worshipped, he was worshipped as a god and claimed that he was God. And he was one of the most perverted men that history has ever seen. And Peter's saying, submit to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether as to the king as supreme, verse 14, or to governors as to those who are sent by them for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. You know, when God sets power upon the earth, he's lending it to them. Whoever's in power on this earth, that power is lent to them by God. We're going to look at that in Romans 13 in a little bit. But everything, every power has been given to a man or a woman on this earth, and they are responsible for how they mete out that power. They are accountable for that. But most governments are not a, an enemy of those who do good. Even though there are despots in our, in our world, the majority of them are glad when people who are subject under them don't rise up and create problems. Now, sometimes there's need to rise up. But God is saying, submit to those that I have placed in authority, even if you don't like them. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. It doesn't mean that you have to encourage their, their platform or whatever, but honor and submit yourselves to them. Because by doing that, you're doing it as unto me. Notice when he said there, do it as unto me. Submit yourselves. Authorities are there to keep order and to restrain sin. And they also praise those who do well. Think about how easy it is for a government when people are subject to them. Guess what? They don't have to have a task force for this rebellion over here. They don't have to have raised taxes to support um, security measures over here. They don't have to, there, there's a lot of things that they have to do to push back the heart of sinful man. And those things cost money. And therefore we are taxed. But they also praise those who do well. You may not hear it all the time, but you know, in their heart of hearts, they are very glad that you, as a Christian, are in this world. Because you know what? Of all the population, of the people in the population, we are the ones that should be the last thorn in the flesh to any government. We should be submitted to them. Again, we don't have to agree with everything, but we should submit ourselves. Because in the submitting of things to authorities that God has placed over. This is where we grow. This is where our trust is meted out. This is, where, this is how we grow. This is the, the nuts and the bolts of our Christian walk, is submitting to an authority that we don't like. It's easy to submit to somebody you love. 
It's easy to submit to somebody whose policies you agree with, but to disagree and to submit to them, as long as they don't cause you to do something that's against what the Lord's will says, like if the, you know, if somebody, if a government official comes up to me and says, I want you to take, you know, Virginia Root's purse as she's crossing across the street, I want you to knock her over and grab her purse and run, I'm going to say categorically, okay, <laughs> just kidding. I knew I'd get a rise out of you. <laughs> no, you'd never do that, would you? Because you, love, you know that that's wrong, and you're not going to do it. You're saying, hey, look, punish me, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. So, but when they are just things, laws, we have to obey them. The word submit in the Greek is hypotasso, and basically what it means is to arrange under or to be subject, to be subject, un, uh, to subject yourself, to obey to yield to one's admonition or advice. It's a Greek military term, which actually means to arrange in troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. And even in non-military use, it was a voluntary, notice this, a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. Carrying a burden. In this first letter of Peter's, this word, hypotasso, which means submit, occurs four other times. At least four other times, but in four other contexts. Here in uh, verse 13 of chapter 2, it's also in verse uh, 18 of this same chapter where it says, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. Same word. Be submissive to them with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of the wives. The idea is be submissive. And then finally, in chapter 5 of this letter, it says, Likewise, you younger people, Submit to your elders. Yes, and all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Young people, submit to those who are in authority over you. And if you were like me when I was younger, I resisted authority. I always, pushing against it, didn't want anything to do with it, always suspect of it. And it's just the old nature. But when I gave my heart to Christ, all of a sudden, my will broke. Is your, your will broken? Is your will broken? Because the, if your will is broken, God can use you. But if you are one of those, have you seen like those guys, uh, those people who take a dog for a walk, and the dog doesn't really want to go for a walk? It's on a leash. But it's just it's, it's digging in, right? And you're, trying to, you're taking the dog for a drag is really what you're doing. You're, you're pulling the dog, but you're really just creating this friction on the pavement. And sometimes that's, that can be the way we are as well. But we need to submit. Submit to God and submit to his authority. Submit to the authorities that he's placed on the earth. In John chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And we know that our salvation, our acceptance by God, is not through the law, but through the blood of Christ and our faith in him. But that does not mean that we can just do whatever we want and not obey the laws of the land. There are those who think themselves above the law, but they are deceived. But as Christians, our lives should be exemplary. Exemplary. Verse 15. 
It says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. By submitting to authority. In Titus chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Paul reminds Titus, he says, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey and to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. You know, when you think of Jesus when he was here on the earth and he stood before Pilate, wasn't Jesus able to crush Rome while he was still alive? Absolutely. But he as well submitted himself to the ordinances of men, even though they were evil. During uh, the, the fake trial that Jesus had, it was highly illegal for them to do the certain things that they did in that trial. There's books that have been written about the illegalities of, of, of the whole proceedings of the, the trial of Jesus. But did Jesus raise his hand and say that this is not right? Did he create a problem? Was he creating any issues? No, he submitted himself. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13, we're going to read this together. Romans 13. It says, Let every, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Notice that. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be afraid of the authority? Be, do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. I had a Christian acquaintance one time who told me that he was no longer paying his income taxes and he found some loophole in the law and that he was uh, legally able to do this. I don't know if this is true or not, but he withheld from paying taxes for several years and I, I thought to myself, I said, well, what, are you, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you doing that? You know, I mean, financially we understand why you're doing it, but you know, you're supposed to pay your taxes. You know, it's not my job to, uh, you know, to look for some loophole. I don't even know if it's real or not. But it's going to come back and haunt him. It's going to come back and haunt him. And it may already have because he owed several thousands of dollars and he refused to pay it because of some loophole that he thought he found. And he wasn't submitting himself. And I told him this. I said, you know, I brought him right to this verse. I said, you're resisting what God had placed in, in order for you. You may not like it. I mean, who wants to pay taxes? None of us would like to pay taxes, but we do. It's the law, right? We have to. Do you pay your taxes? Or do you find every little area to skirt around, you know, and, and kind of cheat the books and make it look like, you know, or do you do what you're supposed to do? It's important that we're honorable in all things, all things, and not try to circumvent the process and, well, I can call it this and not be taxable. Do the right thing always. Did Jesus pay his taxes? 
Yes, he did. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 24, it says this, When they had come to Capernaum, Jesus and his disciples, those who received the temple tax, they came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? And Peter said, Yes, he does. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or tax? I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.